Right, so he had an offer and a deliverable that was super interesting and um, was gonna drive results. If Joao goes on a vacation tomorrow for about a week, okay, let's say he goes from Brazil all the way to, I don't know, name a place, Argentina. You go, have fun, one week later, what's gonna happen to your business? We're not gonna have increased that much in revenue. The way to generate high quality leads comes down to one thing. So Joao, you actually went from Florida, Miami, you think you told me, to New York, and then from New York to Brazil now, right? Yeah, yeah. So basically my story is that um, I went from Brazil to the US when I was 13, son of an uh, immigrant family trying to make a better life for themselves, trying to provide me with a better life for myself. Then I lived in the Bay Area in San Francisco, uh, went to UC Berkeley, graduated, went to work in sales and marketing for startups in the Silicon Valley. Then um, I started some business on the side. After I started getting a little bit more business on the side, made the full switch in 2018 to be an entrepreneur. And then started having more freedom, lived in the US for three years, uh, went to live in Miami, then New York. And then for the last year, I've been living in Sao Paulo, Brazil. So how we met is through a friend so we had a we had a mutual friend to that person we met ever since then we've been in constant contact we've been reaching out to each other whole, the whole entire time and by far the reason why i'm so excited and i was telling you about this yesterday before the podcast for those for those people who are watching the reason why i was so fucking excited to get you on this podcast is simply because of your expertise and the amount of of value that you could provide within this conversation so i was like if there's anybody who is going to reach out to my target audience, which is people who are looking for marketing, people seeing, uh, you know, looking for ways to grow their business, CRMs, whatever softwares, you would be the right guy for it. So as far as your experience goes with that, man, how did you like get started on that? When was it? When was the, the, the flip with you? Yeah. So basically my journey started in 2016 after graduating, I went to work, uh, going to work in sales and marketing for startups. I, I entered actually, um, the space as a salesperson, right? So entering as a salesperson and, and dealing with leads, I got to see a lot about the lead qualities that were being passed on to marketing, dipping my toe into marketing a little bit more and more, and then started getting freelance uh, marketing jobs. And then from that point, I w worked with an agency, with a white label agency, and running ads, I was the media buyer, doing ads for up to 30 different accounts in different niches, spending about $400,000 a month. So I was actually doing the, the marketing work, generating leads for businesses, seeing all of the problems with, you know, integration, attribution, quality of leads, right? Um, and then from that point, I started my agency, started growing a team. We have a team of 25 people now. Um, and then just working, I've probably worked in over a thousand ad accounts at this point from over a hundred niches. So, you know, when it comes to expertise in different niches, different types of leads, different types of product sales, I've seen a lot. And I've seen that too, because we've worked together a little bit in the past. Um, and from what I have seen, man, you have had done some, you, you've gotten some incredible results for some very incredible people. Um, and that's why, again, I wanted to get you on the podcast too, because for me, I get people on the podcast that I'm looking to learn from. I want to learn something new, man. So as far as like tips and tricks, you upload videos. What is the best like tip you can give to somebody 
looking to A, start a marketing agency, and then B, looking just to run fucking killer ads? Yeah. So, you know, starting with the um, ladder, the way to generate high quality leads comes down to one thing, doing research. And so there's two great places to do your research. One is the Facebook ads library, right? You just put in keywords in there of um, the keywords that uh, services and products that you're trying to sell online. Um, and then the other way is going to Google search and looking up other uh, competitor ads, seeing their offers, their landing pages and their ads. Um, and then going to Google ads transparency center, that is kind of like the uh, relevant to um, uh, Facebook ads library, going there and seeing your competitor ads, seeing other people running ads and then modeling something after them. So basically research uh reverse engineering is the way to go for running killer ads because you gotta have your offer down you gotta have great ad and you gotta uh, have a great landing page that converts the traffic and then when it comes to starting your agency uh the number one tip to starting your agency is to be a pro at either media buying so you know how to build out a team that's going to be effective and having all the systems in place or being a really killer salesperson and then either partnering with a white label agency or hiring your internal team. Um, so at some point you do want to like let everyone else do everything while you kind of manage and, and not necessarily micromanage, but you know, get that ego eye view on everything that they're doing. Um, and as far as that happens, it's, this is why I don't, I don't believe in anybody that says um, the term of passive income. Because you have to be able to manage everything, everything. If Joao goes on a vacation tomorrow for about a week, okay? Let's say he goes from Brazil all the way to, I don't know, name a place, Argentina. You go have fun. One week later, what's going to happen to your business? We're not going to have increased that much in revenue. So right now, um, what I've been doing is focused a lot on the systems um to be able to drive results for the clients so having all of my fulfillment in place having a team having a head of each department um and so i've been able to i i have heads now i have two heads for uh different departments of my agency and so fulfillment if i go to a vacation and just you know uh don't answer anything for a week everything will be fine at this point but um the sales uh, getting new clients right now has a lot, uh, I'm involved with it on the daily. So that's 80% of my time right now. So it's very, um, handled that part of the business. Yeah. And then as, as far as reinvesting to the business, I mean, obviously you're, you're reinvesting. I'm going to assume, so they say 80, 20 rule. I, I don't believe in that necessarily in every single aspect. Um, it depends on what kind of service you are. Cause obviously there's, um, you know, product-based services where you don't have much, you know, margins. Um, and then there's sales-based services or ba sales-based companies, which I prefer the best because you can realistically have 100% margins on everything as long as you're the you're the one that's doing the work. Um, so I, as far as that goes, I mean, how do you how do you kind of go about it? So the way that I go about that is judging how aggressive I want to be, because right now we have a very oiled machine as far as customer acquisition goes. And so I know that my cost per new clients is X, right? So if I have like, you know, money to invest in my um, client acquisition next month, 
which means ads. We run ads to acquire clients. I know that out of 10,000, I'm going to get X clients, right? And so it depends on how much new revenue I want to acquire next month. And then that's what I put into my um, advertising. That's how I reinvest in the business, as well as hiring new people. So I see uh, the amount of uh, clients I have based on the amount of uh, team that I have and the new team that I got to hire. And then that leftover, I judge how much of that money I want to put into my sales acquisition for next month, depending on how aggressive I want to be um, to grow this agency. So right now, we're probably doing a 70-30, where I take 70% of the money made and I put into um, growing the, the agency. And that's what I want to do for the next three uh, to five months. It's obviously based on demand too, because you know, I don't know why, but I saw a, a massive downfall in January when it comes to ads. So January, beginning of this year, ads were not performing for me. Nothing was performing for me. I was like, what the fuck? I killed all the ads, sat down. I thought it was a me issue. I was like, there's something wrong that happened in my system or my my thing that's causing me to, to uh, have these ads not be running entirely. So then I went to a couple of guys who I knew were running ads. I was like, dude, what the fuck is this? They looked at it and they were like, yeah, we're having the same exact issue. So it's, it's, you know, it's very seasonal based sometimes as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then Facebook and like these with AI coming out now, it, it takes, now it's learning. I don't know if you noticed before, but on, on Facebook ads, uh, when you publish the ad, it'll just say publish. Now it says learning, right? So it'll say learning, learning, learning for every single ad that's ready. So it, it tells you and it tells you, it's like, okay, so there's 50 more um, clicks or 50 more link clicks, it, it'll take for it to learn exactly what you want and to learn your best, whatever. And that's all AI, right? Um, which is, I mean, it's fucking insane. So as far as AI taking our jobs, man, are you, <laughs> are you a believer of that? Um, you know, society has gone through many shifts, oh, right? Man. And many paradigm go. shifts. And so we've gone from industrial revolution to, uh, the web revolution and now it's an AI revolution, right? So. Uh, we as an agency, there's a lot that we do that can be replaced by AI. So media buying can re be replaced by AI. Um, copywriting can be replaced by AI. Design can be replaced by AI. But so, yeah, so there's many different uh, elements of the agency um, that are starting to be more effective by using AI. But you still have to know how to use this, uh, this tool, right? Because in my opinion, AI is a, is a tool for humans. Um, and so it's really dependent on how you know how to use AI. Because if you put a prompt into ChatGPT, for example, and you say, write me an ad for selling photography services, right? It's going to generate a very generic ad saying, hey, are you a photographer looking to get more of it? You know, so you won't be touching on the pain points. Now, if you create a prompt that's very specific and you say, hey, write me an ad with this many characters targeting this type of people, be a copywriter, have this angle, make it uh, funny, you know? So the more prompts that you put, so it's all about the prompts, which comes from a human. Okay. And I think over the next few years, it's going to start taking over. I'll be very, I, it, it already is taking over. You know, it's very rare not to see an app that doesn't have AI. And this is all because of open AI, um, which was a, they're, one of their prior products is ChatGPT. And personally, I use ChatGPT for a lot of things, dude. I use it to solve my problems. I use it to text people back. I use it to, like, literally, it's created a whole entire image of me. And imagine the type of information that they can get on you just from that. 
um, it's it, it can get a little bit scary because it'll create a profile for you for your specific account, okay, which is connected to your Gmail, which will then say this person was asking for this. If I'm saying write me an ad for automatically the system is going to understand and realize that I'm probably a media buyer or I'm, I'm looking to market something. So it's going to start giving me ads for something that's very similar to me. So it's just data collection. And that's all really Facebook is. It's just a, a data center that's collecting a shitload of data from everyone and then selling that data out again. Um, and I think with AI, it's going to start taking over a whole lot. And the current system that we're in, I don't know if you've heard about CBDCs, Centralized banking, uh, currency, or CBD, centralized banking, um, digital currency. So centralized banking, digital currency means that you don't have like paper anymore. No more paper. So everything is, is virtual and they can track that too. So they're going to know that Ibrahim went on Amazon.com and searched up boxing gloves and bought boxing gloves. They're going to know that Joao went on, I don't know, Google.com and then searched for uh, fucking VA from the Philippines or whatever, and then paid for that. Um, so they're going to know everything. And that's, that's a huge concern to me. That's a very, very big concern to me. Um, because that, that means if, if they have power of our formation, that means they can control us. It's true. And it's a very fine line, um, between, you know, putting on your advertiser hat versus putting on your protection hat, you know, in, in your human concerns for privacy. Um, but, you know, putting on my advertising hat, I just think, wow, my ads are going to be much more effective and I'm going to get that person right when they have that thought and that urgency and that intention of buying advertising services for me, I'm going to get that person, which is what I'm looking for because I want to make more money. So, you know, it's a balance of the two. And so I'm not sure how that plays out, but I am excited that ads can potentially be more effective than they are today okay but wouldn't that mean that it would kind of replace you too a little bit it would replace like there's going to be a downfall because for the longest time i'm not sure when you started your marketing agency but for the longest time there was a rise in marketing agencies being started and it was just a bunch of 18 year old kids that fucked up the market fully by the way they gave us a terrible terrible name where they were saying hey we can run ads for you we can do good whatever and they'd hire some guy from fucking upwork for, you know, that, that, and, and then they just keep the difference. Um, so I don't like that model. I don't like the traditional model whatsoever. I don't follow that model. I don't like it. I don't do it. I've tried it. Uh, never worked for me. So I didn't, I, I stopped doing it basically. Um, so, I mean, as far as that goes, when did you start your company, by the way? So I started this current agency one year ago. So I started really? it in 2000. Yeah. In, in March of, um, March, April of 2022 is when I made the full switch before I was kind of doing it on the side while working for a marketing agency. Um, and then April, 2022, a year ago, I made the full switch and grew so much since then. Dude, that's insane. What, what I would do, like, this is how I started. And for anybody who's actually looking to fucking hustle and doesn't want easy money because easy money doesn't fucking exist. Um, not when you're trying to scale at least, but either way, easy money, easy money does not fucking exist. So I, I would go into stores physically with a camera wrapped around my neck. Okay. I've told this story many times before, and I would take pictures of the store every now and then I'd show the owner and I'd be like, Oh, this is, this is amazing pictures, dude. If you want, I can send them to you. Boom. I get their contact information. I get their email. I get all their, all their stuff. And this is the owner of the company, right? I'll get all their stuff. And then once I give them that free pictures that I edit afterwards and all that, 
um, I would then go off to them and be like, hey, this looks like some, you know, amazing advertising content. Why don't I market this for you? Uh, you can let me know. Pay me. I don't know. I don't know. Like before it was like a fucking cheap. I was like $500 a month. And then I get to keep, what was it? Like 10% off of every single conversion that I get. But it was also difficult because they were a physical store and it's kind of hard to, there was a lot of challenges in that. Um, but either way, I got my first couple clients that way. Where it's just like, dude, look, nice picture. I can advertise it for you. Um, and I would hire a media buyer actually <laughs> to do that for me. And that's kind of how I started too. And then for you, you were, you were just running ads for yourself, no? To get, yeah, to get your that's leads. how I started. So yeah, because I was a media buyer for the agency, right? And I knew sales already. So I knew that if I was able to generate a qualified lead, I'd be able to close. So because I had say, uh, marketing skills and sales skills, I'm like, hey, why don't I just run ads to book appointments, jump on a Zoom call, close that person. So that's how I, I didn't get uh, my start as a guerrilla marketing tactic like you. It was more of a traditional approach right off the bat, putting money to test it out. As far as niching down goes, right? Because you can't be everything for everyone. And I've mentioned to you before that me personally, I cannot be everything for everyone. So when it comes to like something that you've never experienced before, something that you've never tried, um, how do you like vet if that's going to be a good idea or not? Because it's very difficult to say no to money when somebody's like, hey, I want the service. Can you do it? And you're like, yeah, I I've never done it before, but I could do it. I could definitely do it. Um, so it's really hard to say no. And then now you're collecting different people from different locations and it's you, you bite off too much um, sometimes. And that's the mistake that I've done. How do you combat that, man? I'm, I'm still figuring this out till this day. <laughs> man, so I, I understand that totally. I understand that totally. I think it's 100% important to niche down. Um, it's, you know, if you want to grow fast, um, you got to niche down, right? Um, but the way that I approach this, right? And there's many different ways to approach uh, different things to get great results. But I want it to be doing everything for everyone to start so I can learn a lot and be an expert in, in many different things and have a very holistic uh, approach before and have a, a very strong foundation before I stop building vertically, right? So I think it's a great idea for people to do many things, get money from all the places that they can, um, and then eventually start trimming down as they start honing in on and niching down on one topic. So for example, you know, we've talked about um, different ideas, we've ran ads for different niches, right? But we're already starting to get an idea of great niches to focus on, right? For niches that we work on different projects, we already know two to three that are uh, big addressable markets, right? So you gotta have a big addressable markets and it has to have a strong intent so people mm. got to be excited about buying your services for that. And so once you hit those two, then it's really important to niche down and become a specialist. And once you do that, then you can really grow fast. The main focus, and here's, here's how I look at it. There's niching down and there's niching down with big quotations around it, right? So here's how I've been combating this. Literally by creating different segments for every single niche that could possibly be and this is not a great idea if you're selling specifically marketing-based services. I've done this for other services that are outside of media buying specifically. 
um, because you need to hire different people for different things. And it's, it's too much to manage at that point. Um, as far as like selling software, let's just say I would create different pages for different niches and I would sell them that solution. And the software could have like multiple different, um, uh, solutions to multiple different problems, but I would sell them on the problem that's relevant to them. Right. So for marketers, I would sell them on, Hey, you can run Facebook ads through here for, um, I don't know, appointment setters. I can be like, you can set your appointments through here. So I'd sell them on the different, on the different thing. But if you come to them with the whole entire package, and this is advice that I got not too long ago, nobody gives a fuck about what you think. If you like a product, okay. And you personally love pro this product for this many reasons, nobody cares why you like it. They want to see how it affects them. It's not, it's not what they understand. It's what you can make them feel. It's, it's when you make them feel understood rather. Um, that's the quote I was looking for, but that's, that's kind of what, I, what I've noticed as well. And man, in my opinion, I don't know, niching down is a very touchy subject. It's a very, very touchy subject. And a lot of people have issues with it. Like if, if a guy comes to you, if a guy comes to you says, Hey, Joao, I want you to run ads for me. I'll give you five grand right now on this spot and you've never done it before. Are you going to say no? <laughs> um, so I will not say no because I, I, I have experience, you know, running ads for more than a hundred niches. And so I know how to research a new niche, reverse engineer what um, I know is working so I can find what is working. And then I just reverse engineer it and run that. So my um, abilities, I have abilities in running new niches because that's what I do. I have an agency and then I have run over a hundred niches. So I will never say no to that, but I will say no to things when somebody, um, you know, doesn't have a, a niche, they don't have a focus, they don't have any experience generating results, they don't have any testimonials for the uh, service that they're trying to run. So I will advise them and say, hey, we got to work on your offer, we got to work on your niche, and we got to get some like social proof before we start running this, or else it won't work. And to a certain extent, you know, running ads as an agency, service-based things, you have to have some type of cap on the amount of price that you give. But then when it comes to information, and I've seen this happen very often, I've seen people pay six grand to speak to somebody who's just very, you know, who would give them like the, the, the bare skin and bones of whatever they do and teach them what they need to learn. Like Alex Ramosi, he was doing that for a while as well. And I talk about him very often. Um, he was selling his like information for six grand per person. And he mm -hmm. was just doing that over and over and over and over again. And people were paying for it, but nobody's going to pay for that for a, even a month. They'd pay for it for a day, but they wouldn't pay for it for a month for a service. If you don't have that social proof, let's just say. Yeah. I think it's really important to fix your offer. I mean, you know, you got to have a clear offer that um, has a promise and your offer is only good. Uh, if it's better than other offers in the market, you know, so I'll have people that come up to me and say, Hey, we want to run ads for real estate agents. And our offer is that we guarantee one, uh, deal a month. And then I'm like, all right, well, that sounds great. That sounds like a great offer to you. Right. And they're like, yeah, I think it's a great offer based on the conversations I had. And I'm like, okay, well, let me show you what the market is offering. And then I pull up the Facebook ads library and I show, look. They're guaranteeing five deals a month or their money back. Do you still think your offer at one deal a month is good and not giving money back? Right. So your offer is only good based on what's being offered in the market. So that's where I come back to research 
is the most important thing. And then, yeah, I think um, for your point about Alex Hermosi, I mean, it, you know, right now in the marketing road, he is one of the most relevant people, right? And he's been able to build build great businesses from offer. He has uh, the 100 million offer book, which is awesome. Um, and he was only able to sell gym launch so well because he, you know, was doing a lot of things for a lot of people initially. And then he focused on, um, the gym and then he had a, a fantastic offer, I think for $50,000 where he was basically going to put, you know, skin in the game for the gyms and get paid based on doubling or tripling the gym's revenue, right? So he had an offer and a deliverable that was super interesting and um, was going to drive results, tons of testimonials and very specific to gyms, right? And so he got very specific on who he was servicing and what he, uh, he was doing for them. So, you know, I think those are some of the elements that made him really successful in the gym launch. So you, you agree that the niching down, I think you sold gym launch, but you agree that niching down is extremely, extremely important then. Um, Unless, unless you're testing at the very beginning. So you said you have different departments. So I'm assuming you have a department for whatever the market demands the most. So for example, I don't know, the white label marketing agency stuff, you offer that maybe in a whole entire separate department. And then you offer some type of other things in different departments, I'm assuming, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So we do have the different departments. Um, we are starting to build our white. Uh, so we have a white label agency that's a very general agency so we'll take any niche but we are starting to build niche down agencies to industries that we find a lot of success and um you know we feel that we're going to be competitive on the offers that we can deliver on so i do think that it's important for you as a professional if you don't have that much experience um to be general do a lot of okay. things for a lot of people and then as you build expertise as you find a niche that you like you like working with the people, they can pay a lot of money for your services. Then you niche down and build on top. Top three niches, go. Top top three niches right now. Um, ERC is very hot. You, um, <laughs> uh, we got to talk about that, man. Go ahead. Yeah, top three niches. Let's go. ERC is one. Uh, credit repair is a great niche. And transportation is very big. So... So we're talking about, um, you know, we're talking about rentals. We're talking about leasing. We're talking about, you know, leasing a truck, uh, a fleet of trucks, right? So if you work with an with a business that's leasing out uh, fleets of trucks, I mean, their deal size is going to be 200K, 300K a month. So if you're going to be running ads for companies like that and you have a CPA of, you know, uh, if you're able to acquire clients from ads for like $5,000, they're already making 60 X on the advertising that they spend with you. So, you know, I think that focusing and then, you know, transportation delivery service, uh, right now is huge, right? Ecom is growing more what and more, SaaS? but people need to deliver that. SaaS is also very hot right now. Um, as far as, uh, yes, SaaS is, is very hot. I think, for SaaS is comes back to what you were saying about, you know, not actually talking about the, the vehicle of delivery, like we're going to do a CRM for you. 
but an uh, entire system that you're going to deliver for them to generate the, the results that they want. And it's it's not, so with SaaS, it's never really will get you promised results. It will save you guaranteed time. So that's exactly what I've noticed with SaaS. Anything software-based is very time-based. It's very, you know, this client saved four, three hours this week uh, using this software, and he's in your same niche. We think you should check it out. We'll give you two weeks off. And you can let us know if you'd like it, continue. If you don't, fuck off. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the system that, that SaaS works under. But then for marketing, it's completely different. For marketing, it's revenue-based. We'll promise you we're going to get you this revenue. Maybe save you time, sure. But who cares about time if, they're, if you're not getting that return on the time slash money? There's different offers for different stages of businesses, right? So if you're selling a director, uh, of a you know a hundred people uh, company on saving time for their salespeople, um, so you can track them better, manage them better, um, uh, be more efficient with their time. You're gonna get their attention, right? Because that's their problem right now. But if you're selling a small business owner that's cracking like twenty k a month, you need to sell them revenue. Right. They don't care about time. They care about money. So I think the offer is on SaaS is also like any other product, but it depends on the pain points that your customer has. So small business owner, you got to give them money, right? Uh, bigger uh, company that the director is being measured on the efficiency of their salespeople, the efficiency of their sales. Then you're selling them on being organized and saving uh, time for their uh, team. Okay. And then, and then, you know, we, we went back to sales. Speaking about sales, you said you have sales experience. I want to like dig a little bit further, further into that. Cause I, I love sales, man. I love the adrenaline you get when you're hearing that, that phone ring and you're like, is this person going to pick up? And then what they do, they're like, hello, you, at that point, you got to fucking pick up and you got to be your best self, not stutter once, be put on the fucking spot and close a deal worth money. And at the end of it, that shit feels good, dude. That feels amazing. Um, honestly, an unbeatable, it's one of the best feelings, better than anything that you can ever imagine. I love it, dude. Fucking love it. It's the best. So I'm getting quite good at fucking sales as time goes on. And I will very humbly say that I will say I'm an influencer. I can influence people to do things and I could speak and whatever. Um, but as far as like, Hey, my name is Ibrahim. Let me sell you this, buy this from me on the spot. I've had like some fucking troubles with that. So how do you, how do you start? And don't say just sell, cause that's the answer that everyone's gonna say. Yeah, so I think um, a lot of it goes on confidence, like what you just said. I found that uh, I've been able to get much more uh, efficient with my sales uh, skills in the last couple months because I have confidence in, in what I'm selling, right? So for my marketing services, I understand that you know, seven to uh, eight out of the clients that I manage are gonna perform well. And if they don't, I know that I have the systems in place to improve the results of these clients and generate them results, right? And so I have confidence in what I sell. I think that's the, the first thing. You gotta be able to know that you can fulfill on your offer, right? So we've ran different offers, you and I, right? And like for initial offers, we're starting to build confidence. We're not charging very much for the service. We're not, you know, we're giving it for free sometimes. So like some aspects that we're doing, 
um, exactly to build confidence. We're not going to start charging a bunch of money if we don't know that these uh, services that we're selling are going to perform. So that's number one, building confidence by knowing that your service works, right? Number two um, is you have to follow some sort of playbook, right? So with me, uh, I have a sales deck every time that I go on a call. And then this sales deck breaks all of the objections that they're going to have. So it's going to walk, uh, walk through what's the onboarding process? What are results that we've generated for our clients? What are testimonials and referrals? What are the different niches that we've generated results for? Um, you know, what's my team look like? How do I hire these people? You know, and, and build um, information in the prospect's head that you do mm -hmm. have a system that will get results for your clients. And you're not gonna just promise things. You're gonna talk about real stuff, right? In a way that's not salesy. Um, I think that's number two. Um, and number three, you have to be consulted, consultative. You gotta be a consultant on, consultative. You gotta be a consultant on the call and let your prospects speak. You can't be, you know, you gotta like use apps like Fireflies or other apps that tell you the percentage of what you're talking and what they're talking. And you gotta build rapport, right? So you gotta understand their pain points and not just go in a script every time, but your script has to have space for you to listen, hear what they're saying, and then frame your service to the results that they want. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> That's just all very honest. It's all very psychological from when I've seen things. And it's funny that you mentioned that because the first time, and I'm going to mention this again, the first time we called, we were on a call, I was like, all right, cool. This guy was, um, uh, Abraham at the time told me about you. Abraham was also a guest on the podcast at some point. Um, I got on, he referred me and I was like, hmm, this guy looks cool, whatever. I'll check him out. Worst thing that'll happen, and I do this very often, by the way, where I just hop on sales calls and I see how they sell me and I learn from it and then I take notes on it and then I just airplane mode. Anywho, uh, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I met you, right? I was chilling, whatever. You opened the, the Zoom call and all I see is just Joab being like, what's up, bro? How you doing? Like you were the most cool. Like I, I felt like I felt like I was telling you something, bro. I was like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> so you completely reversed the 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 side of things, and I don't know, man. I, I love that. Like your style of even when I when I left the call, I was like, "This guy knows what the fuck he's talking about." This guy knows what he's talking about. And then later on, I you know started working with you, and we started you know doing some stuff together. And it's true, you know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, I think um, I think you're a great salesperson. Um, you have confidence and you have a strong energy, I would say. Um, you know, so you got to also understand who you are and you have to play to that, right? So I'm more um, consultative. I like to be more creative on the spot and help you come up with a solution right away and drive a lot of value to you just on that call. Right, because if you remember anything from the call, it's not going to be the script that I just ran through. It's like, let me help you right now with something. I'm not trying to be, I'm not being super thirsty and just like trying to get you to process uh, your credit card at the spot and use like sales tactics and things like that. I just, it's not my style. Right. And so I try to be very consultative um, and not look thirsty because I'm not thirsty. You know, I have five calls a day that I can jump on five sales calls. I know that my conversion rate is 20%. So I know that I'll close one out of those, uh, those guys. And so I'm, you know, if you're not a fit as well, I don't want to work with some annoying ass person, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be a client of mine, 
you're going to be annoying my team, annoying me every day. It's like, I'd rather just not take your money. There's a ton of people <laughs> that I can work with. And so yeah. I have a sales model to generate booked appointments. Bounce, you know? Bye. Literally just buy. Um, buy, buy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll fire clients too that are too annoying. If they start to be too you annoying, fired a client before. I will let them go as well. <laughs> so, you know, at the point that it's getting out of, uh, out of hand and they're not they're just you know over consuming my team with demands um i just let them go i have a conversation and i say hey look we can either do this way and you fall um into how we do our service right which is outlined we'll do one call week we'll answer messages 10 to 30 minutes on slack and we'll drive results for your clients but at the point that you start requesting all of these different things that are not inside of our service outline, then I have a conversation. Look, we can either do this uh, or it's, you know, we can go our separate ways. And I think you can find an agency that's going to meet the needs that you actually need. And we're not them. Damn. Now I love that too. I genuinely love that too, because the thing is when you do that, you, you apply scarcity to yourself. You say, dude, I don't care. And this is the first impression that I got of you too. It's just, you're scarce, right? So I don't care what your decision is. I know what I'm doing. I'm fine without you. I'm more than happy to help you if you are willing to be interested in this service. And that's as far as it goes. I mean, even with people, people who like consume my time and everything. Um, as you know, I'm very, I'm not gonna say too, too active on Instagram, but I post very often on Instagram. And I have people who are very curious. What do you do? DMs, DMs here, DMs there, DMs there. How, how do you do this? What is this? What is that? And as far as me answering all these things, I'm cool. Like, fine, I'll answer it. If I'm driving, I'll send a little voice note here and there. And for those who are just like only curious and not looking to, um, not looking to to start doing something or start like for example a big thing is ERC that I'm doing, and I'm just bringing people on. I already have, if you want to call it a team, I basically have a person for everything now. Um, as far as like salespeople, everything, I just set the appointments. Everyone else does everything else, and I'm just I just call the first initial people, which is what I'm good at. And, um, as, as far as consuming my time, I just add scarcity where I'm like, dude, you want to do it? Be my guest. If you don't like, let me know from right now, because I don't like pouring this much time onto you and explaining for like 45 minutes out of my day, explaining this to you and hopping on a zoom call when you're not going to do anything about it. So let me know right now, give me a percentage of how interested you are. If it's anything less than 50 <laughs> bye. I don't care. Um, so that, that's how I go about yeah. it. Yeah. And, and for those doing, this is a great tip I can give for anybody who's doing other A called calling or B, any type of, of like, for example, if a lead signs up to your form and you get that information of that lead and you get his phone number and you call them, if they don't pick up sometimes, not very often, but sometimes they're going to have a voice note or what is it called? A, uh, a voicemail at the very end that'll say, Hey, my name is Peter. I'm get back to me at this number. Let me know, whatever. So what I do is I literally, I, I write down, notate the type of tone that they are that type of energy that they have. And next time I call them, when they do pick up, I, I do that same exact energy with them. And I try to have that as much as possible to build like a little profile around that same person. Because if you have fucking Michael Peters talking to me in a deep ass voice, I'm going to fucking deep in my voice. How are you doing, bro? But then if you have, you know, Kathy talking to me like, hey, honey, whatever, I'm going to try to be more enthusiastic and be different with every single person so that they're more comfortable with people like them. Cause you said that yourself. You said the more you speak to somebody who you're like, the more comfortable you are. And every single time I fucking call you, 
it's Joao. I'll be like, fuck yeah, bro. Let's get money. Let's fucking get every single day, dude. You haven't missed a single day. And I yeah. fucking love it, bro. I love this energy. Hell yeah, dude. I think it's super important um, to match people's energy, especially with women, you know, especially with women and very uh, alpha males. Like you got to play into the ego a little bit. And when you have an alpha male, he wants to have dominance and he wants to kind of drive things. So I'll take the backseat, let him drive things. I won't fight him on his ego and be like, no, this is the way it's going to go. Let me flow with you. You know, I'm fine with like flowing with you, letting you take control, but being consult building value for you. So you can see like, so we can, you know, not be fighting over ego, but we can, you know, get to something that's going to generate results for you. And I'll say about selling women, I, you know, 20% of my clients are women. Um, the agency world is male, uh, male dominated. Uh, but when I talk to women, it's a very different approach, very different approach, a lot softer, uh, a lot softer, a lot more getting them to talk, hearing how they feel about different things. So how, how did you feel about that other agency you were working with? How did they <laughs> get back to you? How did they respond to you? And then boom, they will go on and talk and talk and talk. And then you just, you know, not uh, be doing this in a way that you're just like, oh, I want to be super uh, strategical and devil. And you're just meeting how they are as a person and how and communicating what you do in the language that they communicate, right? Like we're talking English right now. You uh, speak Arabic, right? I speak Arabic, yeah. And cool. I speak Portuguese. I speak Spanish. I've lived in China for six months, Dude, you know, and so... And I grew up in the Bay Area, so I always had friends that are from different countries. And the way that they communicate, the, the way that they see the world, everyone's different, you know, especially how they grew up. And so if you can meet that, um, they can understand you better. And it's about communication in a way that they understand. And that's why the tone of voice, that's why uh, the energy, that's why those things are super important. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you said that too, about the first and foremost, 20% clientele women for white label advertising agencies is fucking huge. That's huge. That's a high number, dude. Um, so it, it just looks like you, you have a way to raise up these, uh, <laughs> these ladies, man, uh, in a very sales way. And, and it's funny because my friends and I joke about this too, where it's like, when you sell something, it's almost like you're, you're, uh, trying to raise up a woman more or less. Um, and you talk to her in a way that's very, uh, you talk to the client rather, male or female in a way that's very, um, like if you're good with, with women and you're good with like influencing and making people feel things or whatever, you're most likely going to be good at sales. Um, so that's, that's my last piece of advice, even though it's not very, um, hey, I've, I've heard great salespeople giving out that advice. Um, and I think that, you know, if you are good with women, if you've, you know, done a little bit of the reading on like pickup artists and stuff like that. It's just relationship building, right? And so at the end of the day is relationship building, doing different tactics here and there um, in the beginning that are tactics, but then it just becomes the way that you talk to people, the way that you sell. And you just do these things naturally. Like you don't think about your scripts. You don't have a script. You don't have a list of objections in front of you because you did that in the beginning you learned um, how to do that by following a system, but eventually you free flow, right? So those things just come naturally to you. Um, any last kind of questions or not questions, any last pieces of advice to give to anybody who's 
looking to get into sales or marketing? And if you have like a very interesting story. Yeah. So, you know, if you're looking to start um, your agency, if you're looking to get into sales and marketing, the most important thing is not to look what all of the other people are doing. Look at all of the tools and strategies that they're using. The most important thing to do is to work with what you have right now, right? So if you have a camera, if you have a, a Zoom, a computer, use that and don't worry about all of the technicalities that you got to buy this to have that. Just start and just start right now and um, be a generalist. Take all of the money from every place you can. Build skills. And then after you have these skills and you start understanding what you can do really well, once you start understanding the work that you do and how that can generate results for client A versus client B, niche A versus niche B, then you start honing down on that and becoming a specialist little by little, which you can start charging more. And then you can start to have a team and then that's how you're going to start scaling, right? So the beginning is you got to be a generalist, I would say. Um, you can be a uh, specialist right at the off the bat if you already have that background. But if you don't, just start doing a lot of things and then you start niching down, charging more, more for your services and uh, scaling your monthly income. Um, I do have some last words. And, um, you know, if you're listening to this, you probably heard this before, um, that patience is super important. Uh, you know, like Ibrahim said, there is no passive income. I mean, there's passive income when you're, you know, potentially you have 20 years of experience doing something really well, and then you already have everything in place to generate passive income, but passive income doesn't come passive in the beginning. It's a ton of hard work. It's a ton of years. I've been doing this for, you know, since, I've been working since I was uh, 16, right? And I'm now 32. So I'm just starting to hit some scale right now. I've had success in the, in the past, but it's just 12 hour days every day for like a few years in one thing. And then you start seeing success. So you're not going to scale your business to 100K, a million dollars in the first month. You know, um, it's going to take time. Maybe you're an outlier. Maybe you read a story. Maybe you watched the video that someone did it. But don't have that in your head as the truth because have patience, consistency, and then you get to results.